the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, I'm Tom Moeller. This is Along the Way. Advocates for Recovery Colorado is an organization that connects addicts with people and organizations that can facilitate recovery. We'll hear from them in a moment. But first, here's cowboy poet Jeff Hildebrandt and his view from the pew. My grandkids came to a baseball game. We sat in the nosebleed seats, but it really didn't bother them as long as they had treats like peanuts, cotton candy, a soda, and some chips. Then in the second inning, we began to take some trips to the restroom and the concourse with its games for girls and boys like swing sets and a ninja gym and lots of outdoor toys. By the seventh inning, they were tired and it was time to go. On the way home, they kept talking and wanted me to know how much they loved the baseball game and could they come again. Of course, I told them I'd love that if they'd just tell me when. Well, I know they didn't watch the game or even care who played, but they had fun with other stuff, and that is why we stayed. For some folks, I think Sunday church can be about the same. They come for toys and talk and treats and just ignore the game. They sing, but they don't worship. They kneel, but they don't pray. They smile, but they do not feel joy. It's just another day. Now think about just why you come. Is it for God or you? It's called a worship service, and praising God's what we should do. I'm Jeff Hildebrandt. That's my View from the Pew. This is National Recovery Month. And I have a couple of guests from the Advocates for Recovery Colorado, uh, Tanya Wheeler, who is the executive director, and James Gannon, who is a peer recovery coach, going to tell us about not only what Recovery Month is, but uh, what Advocates for Recovery Colorado is. Um, so let me start with you, Tanya. Welcome. Thank you, Tom. It's great to be here. Tell me what is... Uh, uh, National Recovery Month. It's an opportunity um, to celebrate recovery from substance use disorder and mental health disorders um, in a specific month each year. And so that happens every year in September. And this is actually the 30th anniversary of having National Recovery Month. There are over 23 million people in recovery in the United States. And so uh, one of the things that's critically important for that community is for us to be able to put a face and a voice on recovery because for so long, people in recovery really shot away into the church basements of the community support groups, and this gives us an opportunity to come out into our community and show our community in the state of Colorado that recovery works. And you and I met earlier in the week, and you had pointed out to me uh, that it's important to emphasize recovery uh, because there's so much emphasis on the addiction and addictions 
Yes. Uh, that many times not only does the emphasis on addictions uh, cause people to, to hide yeah. because of the shame or whatever, right. but uh, the emphasis on recovery says, hey, there are millions of people who are in recovery. Yes. And, you know, um, unfortunately, we still have a lot of stigma and discrimination against people who are active in their addiction. And so that does transpire over into people who are in recovery. And, um, you know, uh, people often have a hard time coming out into the public of fear of how that stigma and discrimination is going to affect them. We've seen people lose jobs. We've seen people not be able to find housing and find employment and being treated differently in their community. And so, you know, one of the things that we do um, at AFR Colorado is really to try to push against and fight that discrimination and that stigma in our community. The Advocates for Recovery Colorado, what is uh, Advocates for Recovery for Colorado? I mean, that's kind of a two-part question. Um, first off, you know, I'm a person in sustained recovery, and my sustained recovery truly is because of an organization, a recovery community organization like Advocates for Recovery Colorado. Uh, when I first got sober in 2012, I was struggling with a pathway to find my recovery. Twelve steps weren't really working for me at that moment. I was standing in my own way, really. Mm-hmm. But I was introduced through a sober living to Tony Willer and Advocates for Recovery Colorado and really introduced to, um, you know, all pathways of recovery. I get to determine what my recovery looks like. And that was, I mean, back then really just the start of a difference between just a life of sobriety and a true, the the amazing life that I have in Mm -hmm. recovery. You know, so that's for me what AFR is. Mm You know, being involved with her and Tanya since 2012, it's really given me the, the knowledge to know, like, what we actually provide is what's called recovery support services. This is something that can be, you know, pre-treatment, pre-contemplation, through treatment, but really it's important about what we provide is in the community, meaning outside of treatment, outside of clinical help is where true recovery starts, and that's out in the community. Us being a recovery community organization, we provide that in the community through peer recovery coaching, one-on-one. I do one-on-ones. I do a lot of groups. I go into certain programs like the Harbor Lights uh, Salvation Army program, um, Mile High Workshop, which is a workforce for people that are transitioning out of uh, DOC or prison or jail or also out of treatment and giving them the tools and support for recovery while they maintain and move on in their recovery. Um, We also do a lot of what we call recovery social events. Um, I think Tanya will agree with this. The number one reason and the number one way to sustain long-term recovery is a connection to like-minded people. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's a struggle for our communities when they get out of treatment, DOC or whatever that looks like, is to find where they fit in. So we do a lot of recovery social activities to bring all different types of pathways and longevity of sobriety together for just that commonality of people wanting to achieve the same things, and that's where those human connections are made. So you really are a connector organization in many ways. Yes, that's true. Um, you know, we have the the services that we provide at AFR Colorado, um, and we have the social 
um, recovery events. But really, our goal is for people to be able to meet other people who are in recovery, who are like-minded, who they can connect to in order for them to sustain their recovery. I, I um, you know, you can't, you can't hang with the old friends who are drinking and using drugs mm-hmm. and expect to maintain your own recovery. So it can be very difficult, uh, especially early on. I, I don't know anybody. I don't have any friends. What am I supposed to do? Sit home and watch TV? And so what we figured out is how important it is for people to be able to connect, to be able to build new friendships and relationships, and to feel like that their sobriety path is honored, no matter what that is. And so that's why uh, we support all pathways of recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, James, you're a, a peer recovery coach. I would imagine, uh, are you like a first contact of, of many people, or uh, are you a referral from some of these organizations, or both? I wish there was a true cut answer to that. Mm-hmm. I, I think now, after doing a, being a peer coach for two years now, I'm a little bit of everything. I mean, I not only wear multiple hats at AFR, but just as a peer coach, I've really had, there is no defined thing. I am what I need to be. Mm-hmm. Just recently, I've really had the introduction to meaning mothers and dads and family members reaching out to me to help them help their sons, their daughters, their loved ones through basically she's in the ER right now. Can you come mm-hmm. and be that first contact? You know, so I, I, I've seen it. I've been referred to people. I go into treatment centers and do recovery support services while they're in treatment. So that's another way that I get. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of what we call all recovery meetings throughout the Denver metro area where I definitely get first interactions with people like, oh, we heard about this. Or, you know, we went to 12 steps and it's not really for us. So we thought we'd try this. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so I don't think there's a true cure, like connection Mm -hmm. to that. I think one way, just my connection, Tanya's connection, our connection that we've built in the community is probably our biggest referral is people know, Hmm. believe, trust in AFR. We have a couple of sayings around our place, and and one of those is that we believe that people are in recovery Mm -hmm. when they say they are. And we don't argue that or say, oh, it has to look like this. We allow people to find their own path or pathways that will support them in their own life. The second thing that we say pretty often is we don't shoot our wounded. Mm. I, too, am a woman in long-term recovery. And, um, you know, when I started my own recovery journey, um, I didn't just say, you know, I didn't wake up one morning and say, oh, what a pretty day outside. I think I'll go to treatment. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, my life was miserable. Mm -hmm. And when I entered into that, the figuring that part out can be really difficult, especially early on. And we um, commonly see that people will return to use before they will get to that place where they sort of figure it out and they're able to sustain their recovery. We want to be part of the support for that. You know, that's the time when people need support. That's not when they need to be pushed away or kicked to the curb and said, oh, you're you're not sober, so you can't be here. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to meet people where they're at. 
That's what we believe. And so being able to do that, whether it's in a program where James goes in and does peer coaching, whether it's in one of our all-recovery meetings, or even standing in, in the Greek amphitheater on September 21st and letting people know you don't have to fight this battle by yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it occurs to me as I'm hearing you talk about what America uh, advocates for uh, Recovery Colorado uh, does uh, is to ask how people can get in touch with you. If we have somebody who's listening right now yeah. and says, oh, that's my loved one uh, or that's me, uh, I'm assuming they could get in touch with you and you'd know, uh, you'd figure out what to do. Is yeah. That- one of our um, one of our other roles in the community is to be what we call a resource broker. Mm-hmm. So if we don't know, we can find it. We can find the answer. So um, people can contact us by phone at 720-389-6393. They can also access our website at advocatesforrecovery.org. Um, and we also have a, a pretty big presence with social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, So there are all kinds of ways to get in touch with us. And, uh, you know, we want people to do that. If if someone is at that place where they're like, I don't know what to do, or a family member says, I don't know what to do, you know, even if all we can do is listen and be that ear, we're there for people Mm. to support them. And, of course, on radio, it's it's hard to remember a phone number. It's probably easiest to remember a, a website. Yes. So repeat the website again. It's www.advocatesforrecovery.org. Before we uh, speak uh, about the event coming up September 21st, uh, which is the big Advocates for Recovery Colorado rally, I'm curious, James, um, what's – I think that what really equips us to help other people is having gone through it ourselves. And, of course, we're very motivated, but we speak from our – from our past, uh, we don't necessarily have to be pros. But w- what is your background? Were you were you trained uh, other than the school of life and the hard knocks? <laughs> uh, I yes, I was trained. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the biggest thing that we do really, but this takes training to be able to formulate your own recovery and to present that to people as a pathway. Is you know that peer lived experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I am a person that suffers from mental health and substance abuse issues. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to tell people this is a medical condition. Um, I lost a very very close woman in my life to cancer, so I li- I feel free I can speak openly about this. That it is a medical condition. We do get discriminated against because mm-hmm. of our medical condition. We don't get sympathy and empathy. I get kind of a jerk reaction if I describe myself as an addict. So the biggest part of my peer recovery and what I coach with people is how Tanya taught me not to see myself as what I was, meaning I'm no longer that alcoholic and opiate addict. I'm a man in long-term recovery. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest barrier that I see that's me as a peer coach walking people through and through Tanya being my peer coach, it was easy for me to formulate what we call a recovery action plan and put my own spin on it that works well with people and all the programs I go to. And I like to keep my recovery simple, so I keep it simple with them, meaning we need to find what your purpose, drive, and passion is for life hmm. and recovery, but in life. 
Because in your addiction and in, your, in this disease, we, we truly lose that purpose, drive, and passion. So getting in the focus on that. Then through lived experience, Tanya taught me this. We need to look at your people, places, and things. Are they positive, negative, or questionable for my recovery? Mm-hmm. Not hers, not yours, not theirs, mine. And it's true. It was said to me by her and numerous people. You show me your friends. You show me where you're hanging out. You show me what you believe in. I'll show you the future you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And it's very true. In and out of substance abuse, mental health, that's just a life lesson that I had a hard time learning until I got into recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, so really walking those people through what peer lived experience, meaning I've done a recovery action plan with my peer coach. I've also worked 12-step programs. I've also worked faith-based programs. I've gone to numerous treatment centers personally, but also professionally to see what they're mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Um, so really walking them through, and you get an immediate reaction. I was going to school to, to actually become a, a drug and alcohol counselor. Um, and I can just see from my own peer experience, talking to my therapist, my counselors, and then talking to a peer coach, there's just a different connection. Mm. It's, it's undeniable, the response and the things that people tell to me as a peer coach, that they're like, I would never even tell my, my, my parents, my pastor, my uh, counselor, my doctor this. But it's that immediate connection that we see in all rooms of recovery, whether it's a 12-step faith-based, whether it's an all-recovery, whatever it is, we have an immediate connection to people that have a substance abuse or mental health that is just undeniable. We don't know each other. But once we know that we have this medical condition, it's an immediate connection. We get what they're feeling without them saying a mm. word. And that's a connection. I've done a lot of traveling in my life. I was a surfer for many years. Um, and I've, I've experienced cultures all around the world, but I've never seen a culture like we have in the recovery community that just gets each other. From across the room, we don't know each other, but we get each other. We get exactly where we've been. We get exactly where we want to go. And we want to help each other get to where we go. To me, that's peer coaching. That's that peer-lived experience that is undeniable from my own recovery and just the countless amount of men and women that I've been able to work with in the last two years. It's a bond that's just instantaneous because there is no judgment. How can I judge? I am you. Tom, we also do um, – uh, we – facilitate formal training for peer recovery coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you were asking James about, you know, what kind of training do you have to have? Certainly the uh, lived experience personally is so important, um, but there is training. And um, now in Colorado, there's actually a certification for peer and family specialists. And so there are some requirements and how much training and how much work experience and um, signing the code of ethics and, um, you know, having a high school diploma or a GED, like these requirements, and Mm -hmm. people are meeting those, testing, and becoming certified peer and family specialists. And so, um, you know, what we we can't do is just pluck somebody out of recovery and say, oh, here, you can be a peer coach because Mm -hmm. you're in recovery. We have to give them some formalized training to talk about ethics, to talk about cultural issues, to talk about the roles of a peer recovery coach, what they are and what they're not is as important as what they are because we don't provide clinical services. It is strictly peer-based services. 
So here's another reason why perhaps people should call you if they're interested in being trained uh, as a peer recovery coach. They could call you, get the information, and kind of get set in the right direction. Sure. Uh, so again, that website is what? <laughs> The website is advocatesforrecovery.org. And as we've been saying, uh, coming up uh, September 21st is a big rally. Uh, Tanya, tell us about the rally. And this is an annual thing. It is. So this is will be our 18th year of hosting the Rally for Recovery. Um, it is basically a celebration of recovery. It's an opportunity um, to come out into our community to show our community that recovery really is happening. We have live music. We have a kids section where the kids are entertained and get to play. We have um, recovery speakers that share about their experience um, in their own recovery. We have uh, a walk. And so the way the day will look is that at uh, 11 a.m., there will be a walk. It'll start at Union Station, and it will go down the 16th Street Mall and cross over Colfax and come into Civic Center Park where the, the rally will be located. Um, Check-in time for the walk starts at 10 a.m., so people can begin to gather at 16th and Wine Coop um, and get ready for the walk. We have a lot of... Uh, Bikers that are in recovery, and by that I mean motorcycles, mm-hmm. um, who are in recovery themselves, and they follow the walkers into the park. Um, so that sort of riles people up with all those <laughs> loud pipes. Uh-huh. Um, and at noon, we will kick off the actual rally for recovery. We always give an award for uh, Recovery Advocate of the Year to somebody in our community who's really making a difference and getting their voice heard out there. Um, We give away some other awards. Um, This year we're so excited to have a band back with us um, called We Are Cloud Gang. And so uh, a, a lot of people have not heard of them, but I would highly recommend that you check them out on that website at advocatesforrecovery.org. Um, so we have some, there's some great performers. Um, B-Rain, Kalichi, Rim One, they, uh, Joe Nestor, they do hip hop music. They're all in recovery and all their music is about recovery. Mm-hmm. And so people really connect to that and they are high energy and they are going to put on a great show again this year. And then finally, there are opportunities for organizations or individuals to sponsor our event. This is our annual fundraiser. And this year, we're really proud to announce that the Colorado Office of Behavioral Health and the Lift the Label campaign are our premier sponsors mm-hmm. this year. So there will be a, uh, information provided by them um, a lot of information about Lift the Label, which is an anti-stigma campaign um, that really surrounds the opioid epidemic and uh, the stigma around other substance use disorders. So it's going to be a great day. Year 18 is where it's at. We'll have T-shirts. We'll have um, wristbands. We'll have food. We'll have lots of connection to people, which we 
talked about earlier is so important. We're going to have prizes to give away. Um, there will be tons of community resources, lots of folks with their information out on the tables to be able to provide information to people who are looking for some solutions. And we do want to say that uh, if you own a business and you want to be a sponsor, uh, you're only too happy to uh, get uh, the business uh, uh, sponsorships uh, and to accept their their money for the business sponsorship. Uh, Absolutely. September 21st, and they get information also at uh, your website. Yes. So there is a tab on our website that says 2019 Recovery Rally. 2019 Recovery Rally. If you click on that tab, it actually has videos of some of the performers that I've talked about. It also has all of the sponsorship levels, the information to connect with me, and the schedule for the day. So you can find all that information there. And this is also your major fundraising effort. So individuals can contribute. I'm assuming that yes. there's an opportunity there for individuals to contribute. Yes. Um, in addition to the sponsorships, of course, on site, we will be collecting donations. Mm-hmm. Um, the entire event is free, just like all of our services. Again, our our job, we feel like, is to bring people together um, who can celebrate recovery together. And um, we don't want to put a price tag mm-hmm. on that. But we will put donation buckets out so that people can contribute. Or if they'd like to do that formally, they're welcome to make contact with me. That's Saturday, September 21st at the Civic Center Park Greek Amphitheater. You know, we're really grateful to uh, the Parks and Rec offices of the city and county of Denver. And remember that this September, and where we are now, is National Recovery Month. Uh, my guest, Tanya Wheeler, the Executive Director of Advocates for Recovery Colorado. Tanya, so good to have you here. Uh, so the pleasure is mine, Tom. Thank you for allowing us to be here. And James Gannon, Peer Recovery Coach, Advocates for Recovery Colorado. James, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. I'm Tom Mole. Thanks for joining us along the way today. And join me weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m., on 94.7 FM, The Word, as I introduce the teaching features along with traffic and weather. Then, back here on weekends, on Along the Way. Talk to you then.